Welcome to our continuation of Shemad Bhagavatam, Canto 12, Chapter 3, <clears throat> which is called the Bhumi Gita here, uh, where the earth is uh, laughing. It says in the beginning, uh, text one, she took note, she laughed, uh, and about the foolish kings who were trying to uh, control her and master her and dominate her and abuse her. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, she says, uh, anyway, she's been telling how... Uh, uh, they keep on going. And then we're up to text six now where she's described this, uh, making fun of them. First I'll do this, I'll make my ministers strong, I'll, this is my plan, I'm going to conquer everything. I'm going to be the lord of all I survey, as Prabhupada put it, which everybody does, even though some ways they manage by just surveying very little. <laughs> and the rest doesn't matter. Only what happens in the third grade classroom <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> but they do that. So now we're up to uh, text number uh, uh, six, where the earth is still speaking and uh, about the, what kings try to do. First we'll say, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So text 6 goes like this Yam Vishrajjaiva Manavas Tat Sutascha Kurudvaha Gatayatagatam Yudhe uh, translation here, O best of the Kurus, the earth continued as follows. Although in the past great men and their descendants have left me, departing from the world, this world, in the same helpless way they came into it. Even today, foolish men are trying to conquer me. Uh, uh, so, uh, yam, th th those who, uh, uh, and they have visridya, giving up, discarding, uh, 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 that doesn't say who, it's implicit, but they just somehow had to give it up. So we have a difference of ways of reading this between the BBT and between Vishnath Chakravarti Thakur. We'll get into that. So they, anyway, they give up. Here it says, they left me and understood uh, the Manavaha. Uh, the descendants of Manu, meaning the whole human race, uh, uh, human beings, 
uh, and Tatsutaha, uh, their descendants, their sons, meaning their descendants. And then it says, Kuru uh, Udvaha, or best of the Kurus. So we're back to actually best of the Kurus being Maharaj Prikshit. So this is, so the way they deal with that, this is not the earth who says, oh, best of the Kurus. Because in Sanskrit, there are no quotation marks. <laughs> you, know, you don't know who's talking. So, so but, but this is Maharaj Prikshit. Uh, hearing, he's the best of the coups from uh, Shukadev Goswami. Uh, uh, so this is, you know, addressing him. So they put this, oh, best of the coups, the earth continued as follows. Uh, so continuing this, so that's, that's how this is done. Um, uh, so they have uh, uh, Gata gone away, they've gone. Yata agatam, just as they had come. That's beautiful, isn't it? Gata yata agatam. And then they say this yudhe in battle. And where that fits in. Uh, they that Tom uh, those people mom uh, me Jeshyanti they try to conquer who is who are, are they Abudayaha those who are stupid they're stupid the foolish men are trying to conquer uh, the earth uh, 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 me, uh, yeah. and then it says you day in battle or in struggle. Uh, uh. So the difference is that that when uh, Banu Swami translates this, following Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur, who reads it differently, he says his purport says according to their knowledge, and this is Yatagatam. And I have I can't figure out from my little knowledge of Sanskrit how from Yatagatam that means their knowledge, but this commentary says according to their knowledge, according to the Yatagatam. Uh, but here in the translation, the same helpless way they came. So that I don't understand. That's a little puzzling. Anyway, the Manus became detached. So here's the difference: Manava in the plural, it could be the Manus, all the descendants of the different Manus, one after the other. They reign in the day of Brahma, there's what, 17 Manus or something like that. Uh, you know, the, and, uh, they're the one that populate the earth, uh, the Manus. Uh, they g gave up the earth and went to the forest, Gata. So yata, uh, gata agatam, they went to the forest. And according to their knowledge is the way you must read, that's, that's why they became detached. They, you have to infer that from somehow they got wise to what they're doing and they get, when they gave up and went, they gave up the earth, that means they became renounced. Going to the forest means 
you get you 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 become a hermit or a a, a, a recluse, a sadhu, a vanaprastha at least you know. Those who are foolish will conquer me. So you can read both ways of the that way. So that's just the difference in this understanding of this uh, uh, this world. So here, but here, uh, probably following other commentators, yata agatam, uh, and both of them sort of that yudhe. They they don't uh, don't seem to deal with it. So you take him in, in trying to master through battles when you want to conquer the earth. I mean, he's conquering all your foes that occupy some of it and claim it's theirs. They become your subject nation uh, and uh, whatever. Okay, so uh, yeah, and there are no purports here. Seven. The earth continues. Matkrite pitriputranam bratrinam chapivigraha jayate yasatam rajye mamata baddachitasam. For the sake of conquering me, materialistic persons fight one another. Uh, fathers oppose their sons and brothers fight one another because their hearts are bound to possessing political power. Um, okay, so matkrite, uh, uh, for my sake, uh, and then Pitri Putranam of fathers and sons. Uh, so they say between, uh, but it's just the Sanskrit is just these two of those two things, Pitri Putra, uh, or here in some plural, sons. Bratranam, uh, brothers, among brothers. Then uh, Chaapi. Uh, and also, so between uh, fathers and sons and brothers, uh, there is vigraha, uh, which is here translated as uh, conflict. I couldn't find that understanding in the dictionary, but uh, again, I don't know much Sanskrit. Uh, this arises, this, this conflict arises. Uh, 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 indeed, he jayate hyasatam are those among those people who are asat, not spiritual, not pure, uh, materialistic. Um, uh, rajye for the sake of uh, sovereignty, uh, political rule. Um, Mamata uh, badha. Mama is mine, so ta means mindness in Sanskrit, sense of possession. Bada chetasam, uh, their hearts or their spirit, their mind is bound up with this idea of 
possession. I want to own it. I want it to be mine. Uh, 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 Banu Swami uh, translates it uh, a little differently. For the sake of conquering me, materialistic persons fight with fathers, sons, and brothers. Which is a little more strict. Because their hearts are bound to possessiveness for an impermanent kingdom. Uh, I like that. Uh, you know, that's because this mamata is really closer to what it really means for the bound to possessiveness. Bada is bound by possessiveness to something that is uh, uh, an impermanent. For an impermanent, because the word here is rajya. Uh, 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 it means actually royalty, ki kingships, sovereignty, empire. You know, this is the idea uh, of... Uh, and political power is kind of like wimpy, little, you know, that's, yeah, you get that today, but uh, sovereignty, empire is more like the, the lust that, that people have. Uh, I am the enjoyer. Ishwara hum hum me. I am the hum uh, Raja, you know, uh, these, these are their ideas. Ishwara hum. I am the enjoyer, I am the humbo, yes, as it says in the Bhagavad Gita, Ishwara humbogi, I am the enjoyer, I am the controller. It's a God project. You know, let me own and control as much as I can. But, you know, at the time of death, everyone renounces. It's, you, you know, the illusion is shattered when you have to go even though you notice sometimes people stay on to very old age. You know, they're still trying to, the king recently in Africa, a guy could barely stand up and somehow or other and trying to a, maneuver it so his younger wife got it, so somehow he could still, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, and now uh, we go on and uh, get into a little, uh, explication of their mentality uh, and now this is uh, the earth quoting them so the earth is being quoted and now she's quoting them uh, Kananti, excuse me, Kananti, Muniyante, Matkute, Nipaha. Political leaders challenge one another. All this land is mine. It's not yours, you fool. Thus they attack one another and die. Uh, Mama, mine. Eva Iam. This is mine for sure. Eva, you know. This is this is really mine. Mahi uh, Krishna. Uh, all this expanse, you know. Mahi Krishna. This whole expanse of line is 
is mine. Uh, uh, and uh, nate, not yours. <laughs> Sounds like kindergarten, right? <laughs> Two kids pulling on a toy choo-choo train or something. Mine, no, it's mine. <laughs> not much difference, huh? Muda, stupid. <laughs> And then it says, iti vadanaha. Iti is like the closed quotation marks in Sanskrit. And so they say like this, uh, sparadamana, uh, quarreling mitaha with each other. Nati uh, mriyate, they kill and are killed. Matkrite, for my sake, nripa, these kings. Uh, and they say that Banu Swami translates it uh, uh, in quotation marks all this land is mine it's not yours you fool the kings say and fighting kill or get killed for the sake of possessing the earth uh, and there's a there's a little uh, uh, BBT purport here uh uh, it says, um, uh, this verse describes with brilliant clarity the mundane political mentality that provokes innumerable conflicts in the world. For example, as we prepare this translation of Srimad Bhagavatam, British and Argentine military forces are bitterly fighting over the tiny Falkland Islands. Um, yeah, I remember that one. It's just a little set of islands at the, off of Argentina coast that the British somehow grabbed during the colonial period and didn't want to get rid of, and the Argentines wanted it back. And that's when they had a little naval battle for the first time using cruise missiles, these kind of naval missiles, to discover that, wow, you could get wiped out really fast with one missile coming over the waters low, you know. It's pretty far out. You can't even see the enemy, and, except on your radar. Or, and so this is that was the Falcons' War, where everybody got, all the militaries got to use their latest technology and freak out to either what, <laughs> what you had to do, and how fast it could happen, huh? Modern warfare is very fast. Um, so that's they mention the Falcons here. And then they go on, the fact is that the Supreme Lord is the proprietor of all land. Of course, even in a God-conscious world, political boundaries exist, but in such a God-conscious atmosphere, political tensions are greatly eased and people of all lands welcome each other and respect each other's right to live in peace. Well, doesn't ever last too long, you know. But and Prabhupada described modern leaders like dogs just barking and snarling at each other uh, to protect their little yards and all this other kind of stuff and and to keep people out and keep people in and so on. So now we go on. Now we get to uh, uh, from nine and thirteen. I think they're all translated together. And it is a list of kings. Thirty, I counted them. 
30 great kings, and as our president might say, all losers. <laughs> They're losers. <laughs> uh, and uh, so I, I've been spending a little time refreshing my memory about them because we read about a lot of them in the Bhagavatam. Uh, but the, the point is that uh, uh, well, let me, I'll, I'll do the right thing and read the list, <laughs> okay? Prithu-pūtru-rava-gādhīra-nahu-shau-mara-tora-junaha-mandatta-sāra-go-rāmaha-kat-vāngo-nunduha-raguhu. <laughs> Trinabindur yatastischa sariati shantanur gayaha Bhagiratta kuvalayashva kakutsto naishado nigaha Hiranyakashipur vitro raveno lokaravanaha Namuchi Sambaro bhaumo hiranyakso tatarakaha anyecha bahavo daitya rajano yemaheshvaraha sarve sarva vidasura sarva sarva jito jitaha mamattam mayavartanta so the translation is like this. Such kings, such as Pitu, Pururava, Gadhi, Nahusha, Bharata, Kartavir Arjuna, Mandatta, Sagara, Rama, Katranga, Dunduhu, excuse me, Dunduha, Raghu, Chinabindu, Yayati, Shariati, Shantu, Gaya, Bhagiratha, Kuvalayashva, Katushta, Naishadha, Nigha, Hiranyakashipu, Vitra, Ravana, who made the whole world lament, Namuchi, Shambara, Bhauma, Hiranyaksha, and Taraka, as well as many other demons and kings who possessed great power and control over others, were full of were all full of knowledge, heroic, all conquering and unconquerable. Nevertheless, O Almighty Lord, although they lived their lives intensely trying to possess me, these kings were subject to the passage of time, which reduced them all to mere historical accounts. None of them could permanently establish their rule. So that's this. Uh, and this is the end of the Bhumi Gita, actually, because uh, next text is Sutta Goswami, Sukadev Goswami said, uh, so these are, uh, so this is, this is this, the Bhumi Gita.
so this is where it ends with this list of uh, great kings uh, 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 like this. Uh, and you see that the names go up uh, up until uh, text uh, 12, uh, uh, text 11 rather, Taraka, ends with Taraka. And then Anye Cha Bahava, uh, 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 many other, uh, other, uh, and then it has Daichas, uh, demons and kings, who were all of them Mahaishvara, great controllers. Because uh, some, some of those are Hiranyaksha, Hiranyakashi, you know, these are mentioned as some of them are demons and some of them are actually saintly kings, as it turns out. Uh, 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 Rajarshis, you know, were saintly kings and demonic kings. But all of them, uh, even though they were Saravidda, uh, all-knowing, uh, Shura, heroes, uh, Sarvajitta, all-conquering, Ajitta, unconquerable, uh, uh, and then Mamata, uh, they live for possessiveness uh, over me, uh, uh, and they Kritva Uchai, to a great degree, they uh, expressed it. Uh, uh, they, all of them, uh, for all these good things, uh, they were marcha uh, dharmanaha, under the uh, rule or under the uh, law of birth and death, marcha, mortals. The world is sometimes called Marchaloka, the place of death. And they remain uh, Avashesha Kata, merely stories, historical narrations. Uh, and Kalena, the force of time, made them Krita Akrita Arta incomplete in perfecting their desires. I couldn't do what I wanted to do. I had many bigger plans than I was able to realize. Uh, 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 they said uh, like this. Um, so this is how uh, they uh, uh, did this uh, thing here. Now, I mean, they start with Pritu. Uh, uh, there's a great deal about Pritu in the Bhagavatam. The word Pritu, uh, Maharaj Pritu, is actually, uh, we find out uh, in Prabhupada comments, a Shakchavesh avatar. In the first canto, he's mentioned this as a, a Shakti Avesha avatar. A, and uh, uh, his name seems to come from Prithu Shrava. He has, Prithu means wide or broad or big. So this Prithu Shrava, world famous, of wide fame, 
he is this uh, uh, mentioned that way. And he's, uh, some of him is described in the second canto, seventh chapter, uh, uh, text nine, because he's the son of Vena, Maharaj Vena, who was killed by the Brahmins and went to hell. Maharaj Vena went astray from the path of righteousness and the Brahmanas chastised him by the thunderbolt curse. By this curse, King Vena was burnt with his good deeds and opulence and was in route to hell. The Lord, by his causeless mercy, descended as his son by the name of Prithu, delivered the condemned King Vena from hell and exploited the earth by drawing all kinds of crops as produce. This is described about Prithu. Venu, the description of Venu, it's described that, that, that when he was a little kid, he'd murder his playmates. Here comes cruel Venu, here comes cruel King Venu, they all run in front. He was like a, a psychopath, you know, even in his young days. But, you know, hey, man, he's the prince. What can we do, you know? Um, so because of his sinful activities, uh, uh, he was uh, uh, brought down, he, he took birth in a family of lepers. Uh, that's what happened. In a family of Malechas, rather, he became a leper in a family of Malechas. And then, uh, then uh, Prithu, uh, heard about him and, and, and heard about this and rescued him. This is, it, it's mentioned, it's, uh, uh, Prabhupada mentions in the purport of 279, uh, Maharaj Prithu, the incarnation of God, remember he's a Shaktyavesh, Avatar, empowered, descended by the prayers of the Brahmanas to rectify the disorder on the earth. He produced all kinds of crops because Vena, they finally got rid of him. They cursed him and he took this birth, uh, but at the same time he performed, or, or, or rather he ended up in the family of Malechas. Uh, he performed the duty of a son who delivered his father from hellish conditions. In the word putra means one who delivers from hell, called put. That is a worthy son. Son putra, so there's this etymological, not really maybe etymological in the linguistic sense, but putra, one who delivers from the hell called put. And so you find his uh, pastimes of the 11 chapters of the fourth canto are, uh, are uh, dedicated to the story of, uh, of, uh, of King Prithu. That's, so that's so funny, you know, that they, 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 the earth is like mentions him, she mentions him as the first one. And, but he is like, you know, not bad <laughs> and everything. So either, you know, even the good ones, she doesn't tell them much account. Or anyway, uh, uh, it's, it's uh, the mood is this, uh, uh, like this. Uh, I thought what I'd do is just to give you a little memory of this, if you... 
because I hadn't read these chapters in years, and I started looking at them, and I got really <laughs> absorbed, you know. Hey, wait, I got to get back to this, but uh, but he, it's it's quite a, a, a story, and what I thought I'd do is uh, uh, tell you about. Uh, Uh, about him a little bit. Uh, where do I have it? Oh, I know what I got to do. I go to go to the Veda base, and uh, look up Canto Four, and get the. Uh, Yeah, so Yeah, so uh, Canto 414 is the story of King Vena. And then in in the 15 you get King Prithu's appearance and his uh, coronation. Uh, 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 and then um Then, then uh, 16, the whole uh, chapter is dedicated to uh, the praise of King Prithu by the Prabhupada calls them professional reciters, suttas, the bards. Uh, and then so he wanted to make the earth productive and he became angry at the earth. And then he threatened the earth. Uh, and. The earth ran away from him, took the form of a cow, and he captured her and he milked the earth planet. So that whole story of him capturing the earth planet and how he milks the earth planet, the earth is a cow and feeds everybody. This is his power. Then it goes on. He then uh, has... 100 horse sacrifices that he performs, the Ashvameda Yajna, he performs a hundred of them. And Vishnu is so impressed by that he appears in the, himself in the sacrificial arena of Maharaj Prithu, who then gives uh, good I I I I instructions uh, and uh, uh, then he, then the four Kumaras descend to to him also, you know. Oh wow! And uh, so then there's he meets with the four Kumaras, and then finally he goes back home, back to uh, back to Godhead. This is all in his. Uh, um, uh, Uh, story there of uh, of uh, and Prabhupada says about he's uh, King Prithu is an incarnation of the ruling force of the Lord uh, saintly persons have predicted his future activities uh, he is a partial incarnation 
uh, of the plenary expansion of the Lord, you know, the majestic. His queen is named Archie, who's a partial incarnation of Lakshmi. And then, uh, and then, uh, then, then actually, the thing that happens when he comes to the last horse sacrifice, you know, he's going to do a hundred, so a sacrifice a hundred horses. The Indra becomes envious and he steals the final horse, so he can't complete it. So, therefore, uh, Indra. Uh, uh, runs him down. Uh, so uh, these are all the things that that that, uh, uh, that happen. So it, it's really a, quite a wonderful uh, a ch a chapter there uh, for the, that kind of uh, those kinds of stories. And as I said, it's really weird that. I guess the earth doesn't think highly of anybody at this point or just making a thing. I mean, some of these are bad guys. And some of these are pretty, you know, impressive. And he Huh? He, hmm? he did. He did. That's right. Oh, that's right. Prabhupada mentions that. She bared a grudge because he chased her. And that's right. Prabhupada does mention that somewhere. Correct. Thank you. That That, that the reason the earth mentions him first is because she's ticked off that 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 he he did that she would never got kind of got got over the fact that he was able to catch her and bind her up and and, and milk her so uh, that's true that's what that's what happened uh, the next one that's mentioned is Pururava uh, 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 Pururava is described in the ninth canto. Uh, again, uh, where Shukadeva Goswami introduces him as uh, when he says, "Now you've heard from me mostly from." So remember the the Kshatriyas, some descend from the sun and some descend from the moon. So so far he's you've been talking about Surya Vamsha. So now from the moon. Uh, is Pururava. He's also called Ayla. There's Ayla Gita, you know, uh, of whom it is glorious to hear. And so when he tells that story, uh, uh, it's, it says that the, the Vaivasvata Manu, uh, Shradadev, uh, uh, Deva, who is the father of Ikshvaku, he had no son before Ikshvaku was born. So then he performed a, a sacrifice for his son. This is in the first chapter of the ninth uh, canto. But his wife wanted a daughter. So instead of getting the son he performed a sacrifice for, he got a daughter named Ila. So the word Ila. <laughs> comes from Ila. <laughs> so M Manu uh, uh, still wanted a son. So to satisfy him, Vashishta Muni prayed for Ila, the woman, to be transferred into a boy. 
There's a lot of uh, sex changing going on in the Bhagavatam. Uh, so uh, his prayers uh, uh, w- uh, uh, were were fulfilled by the Lord, and so Elah became a beautiful young man named Sudhyumna. Then he became a woman again. <laughs> so you think all the sex change stuff is something new? He became a woman again because at one time he and his ministers entered the Sukumara forest, which is at the foot of Mount Sumeru. And as soon as they enter the forest, they're all transformed into women. Now, there's a story behind that because that was Shiva's place and Parvati didn't want any other men to be there. So any men entered that forest by her will got changed into women because the only man was Mahadev. Anyway, that's another story. Then, Sudyumna, he was transferred into a woman. And she, we're going to call she now, accepted Buddha, who was the son of the moon. It was a one D, not two Ds, Buddha, you know, but Buddha, as her husband. And his son, or their son, let's say, was Pururava. That's where we get to Pururava. This is the mystery of his appearance. Uh, and then going on by the grace of Lord Shiva, uh, Sujumna was upset about being a woman, even though she had a son already. <laughs> so she, Lord Shiva gave him or her the benediction that would switch. One, could, he said, I can't change you back completely because I upset my wife. So you're going to have one month as a man and one month as a woman, back and forth. Talk about sex change. <laughs> At least you get to see both sides of the big divide, huh? (laughs) Thus he regained his kingdom, and Prabhupada calls him king of the world, and had three more sons. Somehow or other managed to do this when he was a man. Because when he was a man, he had wives as a king, you know. So they were all very religious, it just mentions. And finally, he entrusted, Sujuma entrusted his kingdom to Pururava and became a Vanaprasta. That's <laughs> how Pururava became the ruler. And then, uh, uh, how much time do we have? Okay, so we'll continue a little more because it goes on because how King Pururava was enchanted by Urvashi, another celestial woman, uh, you know, heavenly from the uh, from the heavenly planets, uh, 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 Urvashi, uh, and she had lotes. She had acquired the habits of a human being. <laughs> Instead of all the devas, she could, you know, she's a he- probably called them a heavenly society girls. 
Anyway, so he became enchanted by Urvasi, Purva, with his sexually ambiguous forebearers, anyway. Uh, so there's a whole story there about King Pururava because he actually initiated Treta Yuga and the process of sacrifice. I mean, these are kings that are very interesting people. I've, I've kind of forgotten all these stories. When I looked at them again, I, whoa, you know. <laughs> this is, you know, what, since I believe every word of the Bhagavatam, I think, well, what do we know, you know. <laughs> all this lost history, because remember, what we think history is what we can fi find by surviving scraps of writing, which only was, a, 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 you know, a, people had took refuge of it in Kali Yuga. They had to write things down because everyone's so dumb. So that's it for now. <laughs> we got to King Pururava. Uh, uh, So we'll pick up again. Uh, we, I think we're going to have to pause for a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks of classes because the, uh, you know, we've got snow on this and fire on the other end of the America <laughs> and uh, Christmas holidays in the middle of, of the blazing fire of material existence and the freezing cold of material existence. <laughs> okay, any questions or comments? Kendra asks, Kendra Puras says, is today's verses contain a lot of detailed genealogy. I would be grateful to know how you would approach presenting this kind of historical information to the academic establishment. Um, would you say that generally consider all Shastra to be human creations with no basis in fact? Would you, I think they said, would you say that they generally consider all Shasha to be human creations with no basis in fact. Yeah, they called these stories legends because there was no contemporary, it seemed to them, recording them. History begins with a written record of contemporary witnesses. These were not written down well, they were written down, according to legend, by a legendary sage named Veda Vyas. So they don't believe that. This is the testimony of, of, of people. And so that, that's, that's what they, they, they do. And... They didn't take advantage of the crutch of writing and didn't resort to it. Why it's mentioned that Veda, you know, w when Maharaj Parikshit is hearing uh, the, the, the Bhagavatam, he's hearing from somebody who didn't have it written down either. Veda Vyas was one of the auditors. He writes it down. But, but Maharaj Parikshit doesn't even have notes. I mean, uh, I mean, Shuk uh, Sudha Goswami, Shukadev Goswami, rather, doesn't have notes. Uh, so this is this is because they had memories. Uh, uh, the the what modern historians or modern academics 
they all share in a common faith. And the, the faith is uh, the myth of progress, that things have been getting better. Uh, the idea of progress didn't really show up until about the, I don't know, 18th, 17th or 18th century, this idea of progress. Most people were waiting where, where, when the, all the academics and everybody else uh, uh, believed the Gospels in the West. This was the senescence of the world. Jesus had appeared at a, some uh, undetermined future date. Uh, he was going to return uh, and the world would be over. So the apex was the, were the, were the advent of the Lord. People were happening. People were expecting, uh, uh, I mean, there's a quotation in the Gospels, or not maybe the Gospels, but uh, one of the, I think one of the Gospels that, uh, that or, or the Acts of the Apostles, that, that he was going to come back soon. So people now living will, will see his return. So people were immediately awaiting the return of the Lord. Who's going to come back? Uh, still, they're waiting. Uh, I, I, I mean, uh, it, it kind of makes you detached. You think at any minute God can come back, and uh, and the whole world will be destroyed, and you know the 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 sinful will go to hell, and the saved will go to heaven, and you know uh, uh, all this stuff will happen uh, soon. Uh, uh, people believe it. The skies are going to be rolled up like a scroll, you know. And this is so. Any time it could happen. The day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. So they were expecting this. Big expectations around the year one thousand. And if you were around for the year two thousand, you have to remember there were some people that were also predicting it then, you know. Uh, but it didn't happen when people were doing this. And then about the same time, well, then there was three ages. Oh, yeah, Joachim of Flora. I forget his dates exactly, but age of the father, age of the son. There was three ages. This was the new age idea stuff. Yeah, there was the age of the Father up until Jesus. Then from Jesus to his time, which was, I don't know, maybe uh, 12th or 13th century or something like that, uh, was the age of the Son, age of the Father, age of the Son. And then instead of the world ending, there was going to be the new age, the age of the Holy Spirit, of this tripartite construction. Uh, and so then there are a lot of historical... Uh, tripartite constructions, you know, uh, and, and you know, th uh, thesis, antithesis, synthesis, uh, uh, these kind of dialectics were, were invented. So about that time, then there was this notion people were just waiting out the end of the earth, but they got tired and bored with it for a while, trying to figure out why it was still going on, uh, what was happening. And then they got the idea of, you know, uh, uh, things were starting to change. The Catholic Church broke up, uh, and, and, and then 
people were beginning to become a little more materialist prospect, mater trade. Uh, you know, there, there was an industrial revolution in the 13th century, even, you know, before the, what we call the industrial revolution, just because people started to figure out how to harness mill power more and more. If you had running water, you could have a mill, and if you had a mill, you could have, well, first you bring your grain and it grinds your grain up, you know? And then they found ways to get from a thing going round and around with a little, a little cleverness, you could have big mallets going hammering, and then you could take wool and make felt, because people wore warm clothes, was all felt, felt boot, felt jacket, felt, so felt from wool, and so all these things began to began to have mills. And if you look at old maps and trace back in, in England and Europe where old dams were, uh, uh, it was amazing what you could do with water power, you know, just from damming things up and having mills. And then having mills would do bellows and you could get hotter fires and you could refine iron ore better. So then, you know, there began the people get clever and get more inventive, and and the you know, uh, then you, you 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 kind of start to get this idea that we're making progress. Uh, sailing ships began to improve a little bit. Trade became more. Uh, you don't you don't remember that transportation was a little rough, but you can you know you could walk. People used to walk from, from London to Rome and back again on pilgrimages, and these pilgrim trails became trading trails. And people would go to explore out with ships to Marco Polo and, you know, discovering, you know, different things. So anyway, this was what, what began to happen, and Thico said, well, there's another, you know, thing coming. And, and uh, so enterprising people began to accumulate wealth. And kings began to find out to have, you know, gunpowder, whoa, and then uh, gunpowder began to cannons, and, uh, and warfare began to get industrialized before the Industrial Revolution even. And uh, you had to have big armies and keep them, and kings needed more and more money, and they had to go to rich men, you know. <laughs> And you, the center of power began to go down. First there was the brahmanas uh, uh, who were in control, and then it became uh, kings, but then it became the wealthy traders and merchants and money lenders, the Vaishyas, you know, that would happen. And then the Sudras with the communist and socialist revolutions that, you know, they came up, and it was kind of leveled out in our lifetime, and now the, the Vaishyas are back again. The business of America is business. America was part of that revolution of Vaishyas, I see it, part of the revolution of Vaishyas against kings. Uh, the business of America is business. Non-noble, non-royal, non-hereditary, landowners who for a while had the perfect workforce called slaves. 
McKendra has a follow-up question. He says, do, do you see the myth of progress losing credibility at all, considering the sad state of affairs in the world today? He says, I mean to say, considering the collective and compounded results of, quote, progress. Uh, yeah, people are looking for something else. I, I think you see that, and when people are thinking you have to take care of the earth like Prithu, you have to, like a living being, or you can't, because what happened, a part of what what happened is not only did we de decline from the idea of, of mode of goodness as the standard, and then the mode of passion, the standard of, of, of progress changed from, from goodness to passion, the accumulation of wealth and power and money, and then again, uh, uh, the, the, the Vaisha's mixture of passion and ignorance. Uh, but but, but what, what's happened now is the standard of advancement itself changed. That degraded. It was no longer goodness. Uh, it was no longer... What is an intellectual is not one who can show you, you know, to understand the... It's, it's what you can make. Is, is, is your discovery monetizable? Can you monetize it? Can you sell it? Can you make money out of it? Uh, atomic energy, you know, first you could blow things up, that's valuable too, but mostly can you monetize it? Uh, that's, that, that, that's what, what people are into. So the standard of advancement now is at least the standard of mode of passion. Mode of ignorance is just despair and intoxication and laziness and, 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 and these things. Uh, and, and of course, we don't know how to deal with the mode of ignorance. It's increasing because intoxication is increasing more and more. Delusion is increasing more and more. Craziness is, you know, uh, becoming uh, the, the, the standard. You can't tell truth from falsity anymore. Delusion is the modern propaganda. So our, to, I see that the mission of the Krishna consciousness movement and maybe others is to restore the standard of the mode of goodness. And that was uh, uh, Prabhupada's idea of what his mission was. And, uh, and so that's a work in progress. Will we be... Uh, because, because Prabhupada was asked by reporters, why have you come to the West? And I was standing next to him in the, the airport in New York. I think it was LaGuardia. Why have you come to the West? And he said, I've come to give you a brain. He says, your society is headless and explained to the reporters. You know that that you, you you head, arms, belly, and legs like the human body has these. So the social body has to have head, arms, belly, and legs. And then he mentioned actually in your society, after describing Brahmanas, uh, Kshatriyas, Vaishyas, and Shudras, he says everyone is a Shudra, and there are a few Vaishyas. That means we haven't even seen real Kshatriyas or real. Brahmanas. The ideal, most accomplished uh, way we are fighting battles now, the Kshatriyas are sitting on the, in their 
you know, armor far away from the battlefield, with with with, with missiles built on drones, shooting each other's cities up. You know, you don't even you're not. I'm sure it's tense and difficult, but it's still you know, you're not being shot at. That's a whole different thing where you can get killed. <coughs> and now maybe warfare will just be between machines while everybody sits back. And <laughs> I don't know, but uh, this is this is where we're at right now. Uh, but people have to become disgusted, and, and, and basically, you know, the the concentration of wealth in fewer and fewer hands. I think there's an international oligarchy which is really a kleptocracy. Kleptocrats are ruled by thieves. Uh, that, that, that seems to be, I, I mean, I, that's really sort of what's being unveiled. You know, when the Soviet Union went down, I realized it was going to get rougher for workers everywhere. And, and, and the vices were going to come back in a big way. And that's sort of what's where we are now. And so all I can think to do myself is, is to try to help foster and to make people understand the, 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 the standard of the mode of goodness and of the knowledge that's available. What's happened is knowledge depends upon sattva. And there isn't really knowledge that comes from people based on who are contaminated you know, they have some striving for knowledge, modern scientists, but they're based on sense perception only. Uh, sense perception of their, their senses that are contaminated. They don't have access that much to the mode of goodness. So, like, simply like Einstein, yeah, I believed in the god of Spinoza. There's some idea of a spiritual realm uh, and the, but they get to the edge of Mayavad philosophy, and that's as far as they can go. They can look into that, you know. So they're interested. Get get spiritually interested. It's Spinoza, uh, or the idea that somehow or other there there's an indwelling spirit somehow, but they have no idea of how to come into contact or what it knows, or how it knows, or how to connect with it just a, a, an intuition that there's something big out there, we can go up to the edge, we can look in, but then uh, whereof one cannot speak, thereof one must be silent, uh, Ludwig Wittgenstein said in the end of his philosophical investigations, you know, that, and that's it. You have to be silent. You can't speak about it. There was something there you can't speak about, but you can only schweigen, you know, in Germany, you must be silent. That won't help us. We have to go know how to get there. And people are into, you know, at least if you actually practice real yoga, uh, 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 Pantanjali's yoga, you can come up to the idea of super soul. That would be an advancement. Just the idea of some variety. But the, the, the Mayavad interpretation, this, this kind of Buddhist Shankaracharya, a connection has baffled everybody from going any further. So 
some other questions here. Uh, Vijay Krishna Prabhu asks, I am confused over the way the personality of Kali acts in order to deviate people from pure devotion. My question is, we see that one of the most obvious strategies chosen by Kali is to engage people in the destruction of this planet. If this planet becomes completely destroyed, where will Kali continue to execute his mission on Mars? I don't know. I just can't answer that question. I have to say that one of the things that Kali does is kills the cow, which means the earth, but also will be a meat eater and a cow killer. The earth and the cow are linked somehow or other by some linkage that the material scientists cannot understand. But there's a link. Killing the earth and killing the cow are related. And if you protect the cow, but get from the cow, uh, treat the cow as your mother and the oxen as your father, that will start to change things. That's why Prabhupada wanted to have self-sufficient farms to show how to do it. If you think, uh, one of the things that may prompt our, our, our change to a different system is global warming. And if you look at global warming, and the, also the pollution of the earth with plastics and other things like that, and the destruction of the habitats of all living beings, the, 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 what happening to the sea, it is that you want to have energy production and food production as local as possible, then self-sufficient farming with oxen and cows becomes very viable. That's all I can say about that. You might, might, and then you can start to have fostering the mode of goodness. Because meat-eating, you cannot, you cannot get to the mode of goodness. That, that is one of the things that destroys this consciousness and when that consciousness becomes clarified, uh, uh, then you can start to get some Paresh Anubhava, direct experience of the Supreme. That's what, that's what when Prabhupada says it's the science of Krishna consciousness, it means you have Vijnana, scientific knowledge, scientific means ascertained. Here's how you do it, follow these as directions, you can do it. Don't follow the directions, get your own way, you won't get there. If you, if you go to a, 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 you take a science class and you want to, you know, isolate some mineral from a compound, you follow the directions, you do it. If you don't get the precipitation at the end of your, you know, thing, you didn't follow directions. So follow the directions. Prabhupada has given us the directions, follow them. Don't make something up, do that, and then you will be able to see. That's why it's a science. And those that's why I want to emphasize that these four regulative principles are, are principles of cognition. They're epistemological principles. Not just, you know, moral principles for being good. They're principles for being smart, too. 
Dr. Carl asks, can we derive from these stories about sex changes that transgenderism, the way it is known in many societies all over the material world, is an authorized concept? In parentheses, he puts, just a general question with no relation to myself. <laughs> well, within, uh, I, 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 if, if you can spend one birth as a man and one birth as a woman, of course. You know, it's the subtle body. And the subtle body, there's two different kinds of subtle bodies, and there's usually a gross body that goes with it. So what's happening right now, a lot of people are getting displaced. They have a subtle body of one gender and the gross body of another. That's how I understand what's happening. There's a lot of displacement now uh, of people feeling misplaced. That I feel myself a female, but the body I have is male or vice versa. What do I do? So the, you know, by modern technology, you can you know do a few things to to to, to try to bring it in line. But why is that happening is a very interesting question. I think we could deal with uh, wh why why people are are displaced like this. And I think that therefore uh, uh, the the full subtle body probably has both sides. One is dominant, one is recessive, and if you get fully engaged in Krishna consciousness, both of those will be used in their appropriate place. That way men can appreciate women and women could appreciate men, even if you're one gender or the other, cisgendered as they say. <laughs> That's it, huh? All right. So now, what do you know the date of we resume our class? Well, we could resume on uh, we could resume on New Year's Eve. On the That's probably have to wait another day. Yeah. Or we could resume on uh, January seventh. Okay, we'll make that one oh seven. Eighteen, right? Yeah. Okay. Got it. See you next year. Hare Krishna. Glory to Srila Prabhupada. Srimad Bhagavatam. Akijan.